Good afternoon, Lafayette. This is Joe Cunningham here on the Joe Cunningham Show. News Talk 96.5, KPL 232-1542 is the number, or you can send a message through the KPL app chat. Just hit that little text message icon in the app, and you can uh, select the Joe Cunningham Show, send a message to the show, like interacting with y'all on the app and on the air as well. Got a lot to talk about. Now, I'm going to start with state stuff, but we do have a lot of national stuff to talk about, including Donald Trump making some comments in some interviews this weekend that's got some conservatives not happy with him. I want to get to that in the second half of the show. Right now, want to talk about the governor's race. Uh, Moon Grafon this morning mentioned a new poll in the race from Nextar Media kind of show the same thing that we're seeing, that Jeff Landry's got a pretty sizable lead over Sean Wilson. Sean Wilson's got a sizable lead over everybody else in the race. Double-digit gaps between Landry and uh, Wilson and Wilson and everybody else. I mean, that's just where we are. And this is one of the reasons why I'm, I'm kind of questioning the strategy of holding the debates so close to the beginning of early voting. Um everybody's kind of made up their mind. If anybody else is still undecided, they're probably not voting in the gubernatorial race. Let's just be honest. They're, they're going to stay home that day. They're not planning on going to vote. If, if they're undecided and we're seeing numbers kind of raging in the upper, the, the upper single digits to lower double digits of people who register in these polls as undecided. At this point, the lay of the land seems pretty clear. Even with the debate on Friday night, the debate not heard around the world, not even heard around Louisiana, why you would schedule a debate on Friday night football is beyond me. But the debate won't change a whole lot of minds. I mentioned this the uh, last week with the, or the, the week before with the other debate, the fact that nobody was really paying attention to that debate. Jeff Landry wasn't on the stage for the first debate. He was on the stage for the second one. And some folks went after him, but I don't think the attacks land. And here's why. Holden Hogan. For those of you who are fans of the Moon Graffon show, Holden Hogan, Hogan Hogan, whatever, whatever it was. Hogan's campaign began with an attack ad on Clay Higgins. There's a problem with that strategy. If you have not introduced yourself to the general public in a, any meaningful way, the only thing people are going to remember is that you went negative. They may not even know your name. All they'll know is that, well, somebody's attacking Clay Higgins. Clay Higgins has popularity in the area. Clay Higgins has name recognition in the area. Clay Higgins was the Cajun John Wayne. If you're going to launch attack ads against Clay Higgins, you better do so coming from a position of name recognition. I am so-and-so. I am here because I can do a better job. Here are my qualifications. And once you've introduced yourself to the people of that area that's voting, the congressional district in this case, then you say, here's why Clay Higgins is terrible and I should replace him. But that's not what that campaign did. That campaign went negative immediately. That campaign went negative immediately. 
Nobody knew who it was attacking Clay Higgins. They just knew somebody was. And I'm going to be real honest with you. Unless you pay attention to state politics really closely, which for y'all listening here, that's you. You're the target audience. Y'all pay attention. Most of Louisiana does it. Outside of Baton Rouge, the average Louisiana voter has no idea who Stephen Waggispack is. They might, might have an idea who John Schroeder is. They might, might have some idea of who Sharon Hewitt is, but probably not. They don't know Richard Nelson at all. They don't know Hunter Lundy at all. And that's a problem for all of these candidates because they can go step up on stage and they can attack Jeff Landry all they want. But the fact of the matter is nobody really knows who they are. People know who Jeff Landry is. Jeff Landry is a former congressman. Jeff Landry gained notoriety on the uh, on the national stage. Jeff Landry was very public in the battles that he fought as attorney general. The average Louisiana voter is aware of our attorney general and all that he's gotten involved with in terms of lawsuits, defending conservatism, things like that in the state. They are all aware of that, much more so than they are aware of Schroeder, of Waggispack, of Hewitt, of Nelson, or of Lundy, even Sean Wilson. Sean Wilson doesn't have that much name ID. Sean Wilson benefits from being the only Democrat in the race, and therefore, right now, he's getting 30-something percent of the vote at most, although it's not very high. But here's the thing that I would be concerned about if I were working on Sean Wilson's campaign. The fact of the matter is that it's an off-year election. Louisiana has odd-year elections, 2015, 2019, 2023. Those election cycles are not known for high turnout. Even in Louisiana, even for major statewide elections like the governor's race, not known for it. Not known for high turnout. Louisiana in general is not known for high turnout, but particularly in odd year elections. But that's the way our system is run. And the problem for Sean Wilson is that unlike John Bell Edwards, Sean Wilson is the only Democrat in the race against a bunch of squabbling Republicans, but he does not have the money and he does not have the ability to get his message out there. John Bell Edwards had the benefit of David Vitter. And some folks are not going to like to like what I'm about to say, but John Bell Edwards had the benefit of a man who had, whose name was tied to scandal. And people were tired in Louisiana of hearing about David Vitter and his scandal. Do you know the number one complaint I heard from people who were in the center in the state of Louisiana during the 2015 campaign? The number one ca- uh, complaint I heard was that they thought it was selfish of David Vitter to put his family through another statewide election with those skeletons that were still in the closet, still out there for people to know, to see, to comment on. There was a number of people who felt it was unfair what David Vitter was doing to his family by going out there once again and going through all the smears once again. 
they they lost respect for him for that. They did not like the scandal-ridden David Vitter. They did not like hearing about it once again. And so they just didn't go out and vote, or they voted for John Bell Edwards. I know somebody who has worked as a staffer for several Republicans in the state of Louisiana who also very publicly on social media blasted David Vitter and openly talked about how they voted for John Bell Edwards. Republicans were just fed up with it. It also didn't help that you had Jay Darden go behind Vitter's back, cut a deal with uh, John Bell Edwards, and endorse him in order to be his commissioner of administration. One of the people who consulted for Darden's campaign, when I pointed that out on social media, accused me of making stuff up because that's highly illegal. Well, yes, it's illegal, but it happened anyway. I don't have a whole lot of respect for Washington-based strategists who come into Louisiana, if you don't know. But anyway. John Bill Edwards had the benefit of David Vitter. He had the benefit of Republicans who would openly stab him in the back and work with John Bell. Sean Wilson doesn't have that. Nobody's crossing the aisle to go work with Sean Wilson. If anything, they're going to stay in their own side, but they might work with Wagaspak or Schroeder to try to consolidate the not Jeff Landry vote. Probably not going to happen. Not going to happen in significant enough numbers. I don't know in general of a whole lot of excitement on the Democratic side that leads me to believe that Jeff Landry couldn't escape with 50% plus one in in the primary. That's a very real possibility. And yet here we are right now looking at a multi person primary. Jeff Landry has near 40% in most of the polling. Sean Wilson has somewhere between the high 20s and lower 30s. Everybody else is splitting up 5% apiece and lower, basically. If you're undecided, you're not voting. Most people have decided. Most people are saying they're voting for somebody. When it comes down to Election Day, what do you think they're going to do? Do you think they're going to stick with the person they know by now has no chance? Are they just going to go with Jeff Landry? Because they really want to win. They want to take the state back from a Democrat. Or do they hate, do you think they really hate Jeff Landry so much? I'm not sure they do. And I don't think that Sean Wilson has has been able to, to work up enough excitement for him on the Democratic side. The guy who's supposed to be getting all the black vote may not get a whole lot of it if they don't show up because there's no excitement. 232-1542 is the number. We're going to take this break. We will be back in just a moment here on News Talk 96.5 KPEL. Stick around. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5 KPEL. Breaking news. They found debris in the search for the missing jet. If you haven't followed this story, this is insane. Our military lost an F-35 jet, which I guess means our stealth technology is awesome, but... They lost it, and they went to social media. They went to the public and said, hey, help us find our jet. We're going to set up a hotline in case you've seen. Like, they just misplaced their car keys. It's an $80 million jet, and they just lost it. 
Well, according to news sources in South Carolina, uh, debris from a fighter jet that went missing in the low country on Sunday has been found in the Indian town area of Williamsburg County. According to officials, the search was expanded to the PD on Monday morning. The Florence County Sheriff's Office said Monday it's been helping the U.S. Air Force look for the F-35B Lightning II jet which has been missing since a Marine Corps pilot safely ejected over North Charleston. The jet had departed from North Base's Charleston, military officials said. This is kind of crazy. I mean, it's a very serious thing. The pilot ejected, the plane went missing, but also they lost a jet. How did they lose it? Is there no tracking device of any sort? Did they not lowjacked the F-35? There's no find my for like an Apple find my device for it. Just put Apple air tags in it. Like I think our military can afford that. But debris from the missing F-35 has been found in Williamsburg County, South Carolina. So good news, the missing jet appears to have been found. This is crazy. I don't know how we got here, but here we are. All right, I'm going to take a break here in a minute. When we come back, I do want to talk about a couple of interviews that Donald Trump did late last week. It's caused some concern among conservatives. Uh, it looks like Donald Trump is trying to win over moderates. That's going to be Donald Trump's weakness in a general election is moderate voters, but also kind of moderate Republicans right now. It kind of signals a couple things, but it's also got some conservatives worried. And I want to talk about that, plus your calls, your comments here on the Joe Cunningham Show, News Talk 96.5 KPL. Back in just a minute. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5 KPL 232-1542 is the number or send a message through the KPL app chat. Going back to our conversation in the last part of the show, uh, Mike sends a message through the app uh, asking if I think that all the road projects and state highways and bridges that have been happening since early summer are only because Pothole Wilson is the Democratic candidate. I, I That's probably part of it, to be honest. Uh, that money gets allocated now in order for these projects to go underway. But another part of it, tr- to be honest, there were a lot of delays on a lot of those projects because of inflation, because uh, supply chain issues. Uh, a lot of these projects got delayed. And so Pothole Wilson, his candidacy does have a part in it, but there's a lot of issues that are going on there. Chris chimes in on the app, and this gets me into this next segment. Um, I want to talk about uh, Donald Trump had a couple of interviews, one on Meet the Press and one uh, with Megyn Kelly. And it's caused some problems, some issues with conservatives. Uh, Chris, you know, chimes in on the app if Donald Trump talking about the is talking about the abortion issue, he should give his opinion and then said it's a state issue, not a federal issue, which I absolutely agree with. And that's kind of where I deviate with Mike Pence a bit. I think what the Supreme Court did and what Trump points out in his Meet the Press interview is that the Supreme Court gave the choice back to the states to let them do it as they see fit. But Chris notes he should not use it to take a jab at DeSantis. But that's what he did. And that's what's causing consternation because of the way that he took that jab at DeSantis. I want you to, uh, let me see if I get this queued up right. 
This is what Trump said about a fetal heartbeat bill in Florida. Do I have it going? No, I don't. Now let's try this again. Sorry about that. I mean, DeSantis is willing to sign a five-week and six-week ban. Would you support that? You think that I, I goes think what he far? did is a terrible thing and a terrible mistake. That has a lot of folks in the pro-life movement very, very upset. And they, I think, rightly want answers on that. Uh, from NBC News. Trump sparks backlash from major anti-abortion group over campaign comments. The leading anti-abortion group blasted former President Donald Trump on Thursday after his campaign said he believes states should uh, should decide abortion laws. Susan B. Anthony, pro-life America, issued a scathing response to the statement the Trump campaign made to the Washington Post when asked whether Trump supported the six-week abortion ban that a likely 2024 opponent, Governor Ron DeSantis, signed into law in Florida. The campaign spokesman, Stephen Chung, told The Washington Post, President Donald J. Trump believes that the Supreme Court, led by the three justices which he supported, got it right when they ruled this is an issue that should be decided at the state level. The problem is that doesn't answer the question they're going for. Does he disagree with Ron DeSantis's bill, the, the five-week fetal or the six-week fetal heartbeat bill, which is... I mean, you heard it in that clip. He he thought it, he said it was a terrible thing. I mean, DeSantis w- is willing to sign a five-week and six-week ban. Would you support that? You think I, that I goes think too what far? he did is a terrible thing. And it- I think what he did is a terrible thing. That's causing a lot of problems with the pro-life movement. The thing is, Donald Trump would not have gotten to where he was in 2016 if not for evangelicals siding with him and. Donald Trump, let's note, Donald Trump's administration was one of the most pro-life administrations in history. It was an administration that attacked funding of abortion. It is an administration that got three pro-life justices on the Supreme Court and got Roe v. Wade overturned in the long run. His was a very pro-life administration, but he himself is kind of iffy on it uh, based on this statement. He's trying to play to more moderate Republicans, the Republicans who feel that the Republicans who feel that um, that Trump and, and his followers are too extreme, the moderate Republicans who really don't like Trump and they want an alternative. He's trying to make a play toward them. He's trying to keep them from going and finding somebody else. The fact that he made it an attack on DeSantis still leads me to believe that there's something in the internal polling that has not been made public that's causing the Trump campaign to focus on DeSantis so much. Because if it were just a numbers game, Donald Trump has a clear lead in every early state. Donald Trump has a clear lead. But there's something about Ron DeSantis and something about the DeSantis campaign that is worrying him. And despite the headlines about the DeSantis campaign floundering, there is something There, There's something bothering the Trump team, and it's not really clear what it is, but he makes that attack. It it rubs a lot of pro-lifers the wrong way. There's another quote he gave, and this one was to Megyn Kelly, and this is on the trans issue. Can a man become a woman? Um, (laughs) In my opinion, you have a man, you have a woman, I I think— I think part of it is birth. Can the man give birth? No, no. Although they'll come up with some. Can a man? 
yeah, I, I think are those birds? I think can he doesn't answer the question. And again, um, there was a a there was a talk host. I forget which one it was a national talk host this morning that refused to play the clip, saying it was all taken out of context. It's all misinformation, and that he's trying to make a play for moderates. I believe that he's trying to make a play for moderates. Absolutely, that's the strategic thing he has to do. If the numbers that we've seen are anything to go by, Donald Trump has probably hit his ceiling. The problem is his ceiling seems to be, while missing, about 40 to 45 percent of the Republican vote right now. He needs to try to consolidate that because when it comes to a general election against Joe Biden, he's got to make sure he's got the entire Republican Party behind him. And if there's a bunch of holdouts because he's Donald Trump and they don't like him, he's got to get votes from somewhere. So he's got to play up, got to talk to the moderates a bit. But calling a fetal heartbeat bill a terrible decision is only going to cost him votes from his right. And those are votes he can't afford to lose. If he's already running risks with moderates and then the pro-life decides they're going to look elsewhere, they're going to look at somebody like Ron DeSantis who championed a fetal heartbeat bill, then yeah, there's going to be an issue there. Part of the problem and this is from the strategic perspective. Part of the problem that the Trump campaign still has not come to terms with is the fact that there are so many holdouts on his own side. Trump has acted publicly like this is a coronation, like he is the guy from last time. He was the president before an election was stolen from him. He should be the candidate going forward. And that's how his campaign has acted. And the way that he has kind of dismissed the opposition, although focused on Ron DeSantis, kind of leads you to believe he doesn't think that he's really being threatened. But the campaign also is starting to realize that those, those numbers that DeSantis has, those numbers that you see rising with Nikki Haley and Tim Scott and some of the others, that's actually a concern now. They weren't concerned about it before, but they're concerned now. And so now they're trying to think, okay, what do I need to do to try to fix this? The Mike Pence strategy on life is not going to work. It's not going to play well with a lot of fairly independent-minded and more centrist Republicans. They don't want to see a national abortion ban, just like they didn't want to see a national right to an abortion law from Democrats. They want it to be left up to the states. That's what is so vital about the victory in Roe versus Wade and the Dobbs decision is the fact that the Supreme Court in the Roe decision created a national right to an abortion where it's not mentioned anywhere in the Constitution. They took some very, very extreme routes through one right, through another right, and then made up a right as the result. And now it's gone back to the states because as the Constitution rightly notes, any issue that is not mentioned in the Constitution, anything that is not provided to the government in the Constitution becomes a state issue. That's what the Supreme Court said in the Dobbs decision. And so Trump is trying to take the not extreme on abortion route that he feels is extreme, the, the going too far, but he's using it as an attack against Ron DeSantis. Now, in the interview, he talks about how the Supreme Court gave the issue back to the states. But when they did, Ron DeSantis signed a six-week fetal, uh, fetal heartbeat bill, six-week anti-abortion fetal heartbeat bill. 
and he called that a terrible decision. That is not working with the comments he made on it being a state issue. I know a lot of national pro-lifers. I talk to them. Some of my best friends in the conservative movement are some of the loudest champions for life. And they are at best disappointed. Some are furious at calling Florida's fetal heartbeat bill a terrible decision. And Trump's going to have to figure out a way to deal with that. Because I know what some of you are thinking. Oh, he's so far ahead in the polls, it's not even funny. He is slightly ahead of Joe Biden in national one-on-one polling. But we don't have a national election. We have state elections. And every state votes for the president. Right now, every state's voting in the primary. Donald Trump doesn't have 100% of the Republican vote in all of those state primaries. He's not going to have 100% of the Republican vote in the state elections when it comes to 2024. He can't afford to chase a bunch of pro-lifers away. He can't afford to lose the evangelicals that helped propel him to victory eight years ago. And you can, I know some of you want to call in or you want to send a message through the app and you want to tell me that I'm wrong, that Donald Trump is clearly going to win and all this. The pro-life movement is unique in how focused it is as a single-issue group. There are people in the pro-life movement, they will vote on economy, they will vote based on the economy, on crime, on immigration, everything like that, but rule number one for them is pro-life. Rule number one for those voters is you have to be pro-life. And that is a significant number of the evangelical Republican base. And if Donald Trump has attacked them, he is going to hurt himself. If those comments continue to be publicized as they are getting publicized in conservative circles, it's not going to end well for him. He's going to lose some support. He may still win those primaries. He may still get those delegates in the Republican primary, but that hurts his overall chances. Keep in mind that if you believe all the polls that say he's ahead nationally in the primary, that he's ahead in all these state-level polls, you also need to look at those same polls that show he performs the worst against Joe Biden in a one-on-one. Almost every other main stage candidate in the Republican primary outperforms Trump against Biden. He can't afford to chase off any other Republicans. And yet, statements like that, calling a fetal heartbeat bill in Florida a terrible decision, will do that. 232-1542 is the number if you want to call in or send a message to the KPL app chat. We will take a break. Come back to wrap up the show here, the Joe Cunningham Show, News Talk 96.5, KPL. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5, KPL 232-1542. We got a few minutes left, or if you want to send your message in through the KPL app chat. Uh, Mike on the app uh, points out the soundbite. He was talking about DeSantis making a political mistake, but that, that's the part that has... The pro-life crowd so upset. What Donald Trump is arguing in that case, if he's saying it's a political mistake, is that he expected 
uh, Ron DeSantis to be like every other rhino in any state that says they're pro-life, but they're not willing to pull the trigger on a bill that actually protects life. It's not, it's not a defense of Donald Trump from what the pro-life crowd wants. The pro-life crowd wants you to move the ball down the field in whatever way possible. Now, some of those groups do go too far. There are some groups, some state-level uh, right-to-life groups, that do not want any sort of, they want it all or nothing. There are some groups out there that will absolutely say, you know what? You give us a full abortion ban or we're not going to support anything that you put out there that isn't that. And that's kind of, that is politically foolish. The pro-life crowd, most of the pro-life crowd wants you to move the ball down the field. If you can't get an outright abortion ban in Florida, give them a six-week fetal abortion ban. Give them a six-week heartbeat bill that moves the ball down the field. Now it's just a matter of negotiating with the left. What do voters want? He went as far as he could, and he made a good pro-life decision. If Donald Trump is now saying that that is a mistake politically, then what he's saying is he wanted somebody to comp- he wanted Ron DeSantis to compromise on life. The pro-life crowd's not going to like that. The pro-life crowd does not want anybody taking a step backwards, especially a Republican who did so much for the pro-life movement in general. GG on the app. On the fe- I'm on the fence. I have supported Trump in the past, and as I've I felt this was the only choice in support of our democracy. Thankfully, the Republicans are giving me more viable choices this time around. However, if Trump is the last man standing, he has my support. The Dems should be convinced for the uh, should be convicted for the attempts to destroy this great country. Go USA. Another great point. And that's probably Gigi. You're probably where most Republicans on the right are right now. You want the most you want the best candidate to win. You want the best candidate to win, but you'll take whoever it is. That's most Republicans, but there are a lot of Republicans, like folks on the pro-life side, who will not be happy if you call something like a fetal heartbeat bill a mistake. There are going to be moderate Republicans who are not going to support Trump no matter what. There are going to be folks who don't care for one of the other candidates. They will, ne- they will be never DeSantis or never Tim Scott or never Nikki Haley or never Chris Christie or never Mike Pence, anything like that. There are those holdouts. Donald Trump's biggest problem right now is that he's got to not make mistakes. Like he cannot, he cannot push the pro-life crowd away. And their response to his quote, their response to his quote is troubling the pro-life movement. And you haven't really seen below the surface just how much that can affect Trump's campaign yet. And I, I don't know if you will see it. I don't know if he'll win them back. I don't know if he can win them back. But these comments will probably have an impact one way or another, and I don't think it'll be in Donald Trump's favor. We'll see. He's Like I said, if the primary is held today, Donald Trump is the candidate. That's just the fact. But the primary isn't held today. We've got to see how long he can keep this going on top of everything else that keeps happening to Donald Trump. All right, I'm out. 23 hours, I'll be back here on News Talk 96.5 KPL. In the meantime, follow me on Twitter at Joe P. Cunningham, Facebook.com slash Joe Cunningham Show. Email Joe at redstate.com. The podcast version of the show will be up shortly. You can check that out, joecunninghamshow.substack.com or 
wherever you get your podcast. If you get your podcast from Apple Podcasts or Spotify or whatever, give it a rating and a review. Good ratings means more people will stumble across it. Let's grow the show. Let us expand conservatism. You guys have a great one. I'll talk to you again soon here on News Talk 96.5 KPL.